Hello. 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 <laughs> um, Welcome back to Life of Vi. This episode is going to sound a bit different. You can probably already tell because we are not together right now. We're doing no. Elle's in London. Yeah. And I'm in Liverpool. We're far apart. We're doing our first ever Zoom record. So please forgive any technical difficulties. And that's also why this episode is going to be a tiny, tiny one because we're both strapped for time and this is the only time we could do it And on the day that the Queen is being put into the ground. Yeah, so as we speak, the Queen is, I think she's just gone down to Buckingham Palace. Has she gone down, is she? Yeah, she's just... Not in the earth, yeah. Not in the earth. Well, does she ever go in the earth? Oh, yeah. Do they put her in a block of cement? I think she's in a tomb, yeah. Yeah, that would make sense, I guess. Mary just came up with the best zombie movie premise ever. <laughs> Which is? You picture it. <laughs> picture the scene. The queen's getting buried. <laughs> A gnarled hand punches through the coffin <laughs> and infects the closest. Bites What's the soldier? new king. Oh, yeah, bites the new king. And then we've got zombie monarchy. I mean, surely that's going to be a... Um... Do you know what? We need to keep to time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the unofficial timekeeper. We're already a few minutes in. We're okay. going to try and do this in half an hour, guys. It's going to be like a live performance <laughs> where Ellen and I have to keep within our allotted fringe slot. This is <laughs> half an hour of um, hopefully comedy bisexual gold. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be delivering it to you fast and furious. And um, it's pretty timely because as the Queen makes her way off this mortal realm, we're welcoming a new Queen, aren't we, Mary? Yeah. In the news this week, the biggest things that happened were the Queen's death. Did she die this week? Uh, Give or take. Give or take. And Susan Sarandon coming out as bi. And thereby unofficially um, anointing herself as the new Queen of Bisexuality. Yeah. Age um, 75, Oscar winning, incredible actor, has been in multiple queer roles throughout her career. Mm-hmm, has been a real champion of queer film and now has come out. And we texted, I texted Elle immediately when I found out I'm not really on social media. I can't remember why I was on. I was on it for about two seconds. And that was the thing that I saw and I instantly texted you, didn't I? Yeah. And for once in our lives, you knew something before I did. (laughs) I am chronically online. I was ashamed that I had not seen the video. We're fucking Um, thrilled, but why were we so fucking thrilled, Elle? Why do you think we were so happy about Susan Sarandon specifically being by? Well, I think because people have often sort of, people have, have long wondered whether she's actually queer because of the types of roles that she's had. So the first thing I saw her in before I was even out and before she was like publicly out was Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was feeling done which is a gender bending queer masterpiece, especially of its time. I'd only ever kissed before. So erotic, the pink and blue bed scenes. Uh-huh. I thought there's no use getting into heavy petting. It only leads to trouble and seat wetting. 
But yeah, so she was on um, the Jimmy, she was with Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show this week and was talking about cats and dogs and then just dropped in that she was by. All right, I said, I can't get another dog. I just can't, you know, and he said, well, then get cats and I'm by. So <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, you're, so you're, you mean you like dogs and I'm cats? I'm fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like dogs? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm very they... fluid where yeah. animals are concerned. But are you, if you're I've dog... had cats before. I, then I had dogs. Now I have cats. Hilariously, though, as you commented on, the headlines about it. <laughs> yeah. Give us a I, quote, else. I did a quick Google of the headlines of how people were covering it. And the top one was, Susan Sarandon seemingly comes out as bi by Attitude Mag. And um, that makes me wonder how much more explicit she could be. She literally says, and I'm bi. <laughs> and then the one down from it was NBC News. Susan Sarandon appears to come out as bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bi. Top journalistic input, guys. Yeah, it's not stealthy, is it? No. Why were you um, so thrilled, Mary? Why do you love Susan Sarandon? I've She's been one of my celebrity crushes for a long time. I either um, hate redheads for being the same as me or want <laughs> to sleep with them. Um, and Susan Sarandon is in the uh, sexy category. I just mm. think sh she's so hot. And it's not its not just what she looks like. It is energy, isn't it? Mm. It's this like rooted, earthy energy mm. in like any role that she plays, which is just like hot. Like if you said, if you told me that she's got a bit of the earth's core in her gut, I'd believe you. <laughs> she just sort of emanates sexy confidence. Mm. So when we were looking, looking her up for the purposes of this podcast, I realised that a lot of her films are not only like either queer or have a queer undertone, but also supernatural so mm. I hadn't heard of this before, but she was in a film called The Hunger with David Bowie and... Catherine Deneuve. That's right. Deneuve. Deneuve. Um, exactly. And obviously, um, David Bowie was something of a bicon. He and she's you've loved in your time, haven't you? So I've read. Well, I've only heard... Two, mm. um, but it was you, you've been asked the question whether you're bisexual or not. Too many times. Yes, and you you've never quite answered it. Oh, I have. I said I was bisexual. That's enough. Mm. Mm. Does that mean though that you really are, or does that mean that you you're you're keeping some? Kind I've of answered the question. Right. right. Okay. Right. And then in this film, The Hunger, there's this lesbian sex scene between Susan. Oh my God. And. We just um, watched it this morning. Yeah. Catherine. Susan and Catherine. Sorry, sorry, Catherine, if you're listening. <laughs> Can't remember the name. <laughs> it's all right if we also call Susan by her first name. Yeah. Sue and Kath. Sue and Kath <laughs> were having a shag. They're having a vampire shag in this film. Me and Elle just watched it together mm. um, in the sense that we were virtually together on silent <laughs> on WhatsApp, FaceTime or whatever it is. Um, and it is so hot. <laughs> I, I began to feel like very self-conscious of the fact that we were on a video call at the same time because if I was alone, I would have been wanking. It was like chatterbait. It was basically chatterbait. And then they had... What's chatterbait? Am I meant to know what that is? Um, that's like the next, next level up, isn't it? From like, you know, if you're ever on Pornhub. Oh. It's like, <laughs> you think you want porn? 
don't you want to talk to somebody real? Oh, you mean that us being on a video call at the same time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. You get me? I got confused because the scene itself was very arty. Artsy and really hot and beautiful. Twilight's an absolute shame, doesn't it? Yeah, it's insanely hot. And and basically, Susan Sarandon looks exactly like David Bowie in it as well. Mm, and and uh, in the film, Kath is married to David Bowie, so I think there's probably some sort of doubling going on there. Yeah, and then there's a bit where Kath licks Sue's nipple and you can see <sighs> the shine of the saliva. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'm currently um, rehearsing for a play at the moment where we've been doing like intimacy, <laughs> whatever. And I and you have to be like, um, you know, you have to do the thing of being like, we go through your body and you say like your green zones. Yeah. By which I'm you mean the places you're happy to be touched. To be touched. And I'm basically all green. <laughs> and I would say genitals are even amber, you know? Really? Is that true? I think uh, you're probably meant to say red. I've been saying red so people don't feel weird, but I'm like, in truth, they're honestly amber. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's really not the end of the world. And also, like, it happens regardless. If you roll, if you roll over together, that you know, legs have to go somewhere. Somewhere. Anyway, I've done an intimacy thing before. We will get back to it. Sorry. And I, when I stopped to think about it, I was. Um, I was amazed by the bits that I wasn't sure about. I didn't want anyone to touch my belly. Belly was red. It was interesting to see actual saliva because I was like, bloody hell. Mm. You know, Susan Sarandon's green. She's green all over. Well, or maybe just that nipple. The other nipple's actually not okay. I would be worried though. If somebody licked my nipple. You'd come. I, yeah. (laughs) I'd have some, I'd have a nipplegasm. Maybe not instantly, but. I think it must be I think it must be very different when you're I think because well any filming I've done has been very like it's much more of a technical process isn't it than theatre it's much more stoppy starty whereas a sensation sensation yes but I imagine the mental space you're in yes on a film set is probably different you'd just be doing the nipple bit rather than one long sort of sexy roll around sequence and I reckon there's Especially that film was probably like, you know, not a very safe set. And like, it probably didn't feel that sexy, but maybe it did. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. We just don't know. Anyway, sorry. There's the hunger. Yeah, that's one of the supernatural. Don't be, please don't be sorry, Al. <laughs> this is a podcast for two. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the hunger, supernatural query vibes. And then there's our personal favourite Susan Sarandon film. The Witches of Eastwick. Cow! <laughs> and it's going to be October soon. So it's reaching the the time, the season for The Witches of Eastwick. In the quiet town of Eastwick, where nothing ever changes, three beautiful women are about to discover powers they never dreamed they had. Guys, if you haven't seen The Witches of Eastwick, you, you need to get that on your watch list right now it is Cher Cher um, oh. Michelle Pfeiffer Michelle Pfeiffer Susan oh. Sarandon Susan Sarandon oh. and what's his face um, Jack Nicholson yes <laughs> um, and the premise is that like Jack Nicholson basically is like the devil comes to a village and 
these three women summon him and then sexy weird shit starts to happen. Now, the man of their dreams is here. Jane, last we meet. To stay for a spell. Who are you? Just your average horny little devil. But that's a pretty interesting. Me and Elle got really interested in like queer witches for a for a patch, and um, <laughs> we were, thought a lot about that film because I would say that film's pretty male gazy in the way it deals with um, mm. female sexuality. Right, it's all via this devil figure of Jack Nicholson, yeah. and it means that even when it is spoiler alert, heavily suggested that they all fuck. Mm. I sh- I've got to be aware that I'm in a house that isn't mine. Um, they <laughs> Mary's <laughs> well, in Diggs in Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very nice, very nice family, but maybe shouldn't shout fuck down the stairs. <laughs> anyway, um, very heavy suggested they all shag. Mm. Um, but when Jack Nicholson enters the room, the blonde, the red, the brunette, Cher, Michelle and Sue are sort of like lounging on this four-poster bed, but they have zero contact. Mm. And I think that's one of the most frustrating sexually scenes because they're all looking at him and you're like, but you're all about to have sex, yes, right? Exactly. So you must be attracted to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got to be charged with that. And it's actually, it really is a shame that it doesn't, it would be a more complete film if it explored the queerness. So really it's one of the few films, in my opinion, that... I would I would be up for seeing a remake. I feel like too many films are remade these days. But yeah. that one, I could, if there was like a queer creative team and cast behind it, like, my God. Also, we've already got the redhead. We've already got the blonde. I was going to say, we're half, we've got it. We've got two thirds of it. <laughs> if you're as um, hot and queer as us and you've got dark hair, you know, let us know. We've got um also if we want to really add variation and they all get like wild long hair, but I've got hair slightly below shoulder length. Elle's recently got it sort of mid-ear. Mm. Um, so maybe <laughs> we're looking for a shaved or very long. Those are your options. Yeah. Really long. Get or in very, touch. very short, basically non-existent. Maybe that should be our Halloween uh, costume this year. Oh great, love that. Anyway, we watched this film and we were talking about like witches. Like historically, um, witches were always have often been aligned with queerness because mm-hmm. they were always part of the minority. Um, and it was often just code for a group of people that like the wider culture rejected because they were seen to be more powerful or subversive in some way. And that often crossed over with what we might view as like trans people or queer people now. Mm-hmm. And actually, while we're on the subject, a lot of the language from the kind of witch trial times stays with us today for like derogatory terms for queer people. So faggot hag. Yeah. and hag. Faggot was like a, a bundle of sticks that they used to hit these people with. Hag is like a derogatory term for a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, fairies as well. And it was used as sort of, yeah, it's just like a flogging stick for how to like manage... Um, among other things, a sort of like f- women's power, if you will, mm-hmm. any any sort of person that was practicing their own like medicine or midwifery or who sort of like had a powerful role in a community because of their skills mm-hmm. would would often be more likely to be accused of 
witchcraft. And one of the mythologies that comes with that, touted by like the God-fearing Christians. Um, the time period that we're talking about now, L. what mm-hmm. do I call it? Are you saying Jacobean? Well... It's a long time period. It goes from like, it's like 1400s, 1500s, 1600s, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And beyond. I can't remember when the last witch hanging was. Well, the last, the last, this is a strange thing, which is that the last um, person like legally accused of being a witch, it happened in the 1900s. It happened in like 1946. Right. Hello, this is Elle doing the edit. It was actually 1944. I'm so embarrassed. Um, so I think that was like technically the last time that someone was like persecuted um for yeah. being a witch i think we're also talking about in just to clarify in britain currently aren't yeah we? in britain yeah um but yes so one of the myths that comes with witches is, is that they have sex with the devil mm-hmm. they commune with the devil and the devil is always figured as a as a dude which um although i i'm not exactly um i'm not a diligent follower of the bible or <laughs> <laughs> What? Or any sort of religious teachings. But I do think that that assumption that devil is a dude, I'm actually quite on board with you. Mm. And well, I agree. And Malcolm X also agrees Famously. With you. Yeah, quoted Malcolm X famously said, history proves that the white man is a devil. For the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to change that to, history proves that the white man is the devil. <laughs> um, I'm sure yeah. Malcolm X won't mind. Then you've basically got. Then you've got to be queer because you've obviously got to have sex with um, your coven. You've got, obviously got to have sex with your coven, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, what what are you doing in a coven? And then you've also got to have sex with the devil. <laughs> so that means you know you're sexually fluid. Mm. That's, so which is which is our queer? Um, well, which is a queer? And I would go as far to say that we're jokingly saying that witches are also have to be bi. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> hey listener, you might have noticed that there are no adverts on this podcast. That's because Life of Bi is an independent podcast supported by you, the listener. For the price of a cup of coffee or a pint of beer a month, you can get involved. We're at patreon.com forward slash life of bi. Every single donation we get thrills us to bits and means that we can think about a future of doing this podcast for longer, maybe even one day being sustained by some art that we do. (laughs) Imagine! (laughs) Impossible! Thank you so much if you've already donated, and we're excited to meet you if you're about to join us. Bye! What's ironic about that? Is that when you look at witches now, what is the first thing you think of, Mary? Or wizards? Fucking, the fucking new devil, yeah. <laughs> J.K. Rowling. <laughs> the devil is a white woman and her name is J.K. Rowling. Yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. And um, I've come the... in quite close contact with this recently. Yeah, so um, I wanted to just take a moment to uh, hear a bit about, um, as we've mentioned, Mary is not at home. I am... Recording in the room without them, <laughs> and instead is living uh, in some digs in Liverpool. But it wasn't your initial your initial digs, was it? No. So I'm I'm now staying with a really really nice family in a really really nice house. Um, 
her mother and her son I'm having a great time mm-hmm. um actually it was quite witchy last night she had all her mates over and we were watching bake off and drinking wine and talking about sex and I was just like this is heaven um <laughs> but before that I was staying another day somewhere else in Liverpool got there on day one new to Liverpool never been here before <laughs> My new host opens the door and she's wearing a t-shirt that says, I love JK Rowling. Bad start. Bad start. Bad vibes. It's just I like, thought, I honestly, for me, it could not be worse. That's the worst I thing thought, someone could open the door with. Right. It's really fucking, it's fucking bad. Because like you've and, got to really agree with her to be wearing a, a t-shirt. Well, you know what? I, I think I went into sort of like shock coping mode. Because my brain was like, calm down, calm down. She might just really like Harry Potter. Maybe she's got no idea mm. what's happened. Benefit of the And doubt. so I just sort of like blocked it and then got around, carried on sort of making my room livable then because it was filthy. So I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I was cleaning the room, making room for my stuff, opened the top drawer of this little chest of drawers that I had. I had some papers in it and it was a fucking article about like a gender critical article arguing why like you know people should be allowed to say these arguments they're being silenced and whatnot anyway that image I then instantly sent to Elle and my other housemate Sess who featured on the podcast earlier this season um to be like whoa guys I'm living with a turf (laughs) I I've just moved in with a turf I when I saw it, I'm laughing, heart, but it was my bad. heart dropped. Yeah, my heart dropped because I thought, God, you're nervous. You're there for work. You've never been there before. You're staying in this stranger's house, and that's the first thing you see. And I mean, it's putting that in like the top drawer of a place that someone is staying. I know it wasn't this, but it it feels like a test, right? You open yeah. the door wearing that t-shirt, and you have an article like that readable. It's like. A challenge. It feels like a challenge. It did feel like a challenge in me. It made me feel obviously. Well, actually, not obviously. I was kind of um I don't know if I've ever felt quite like that before. Mm. I think that is testament to like the privileges I have in life, mm. how I present and like my background, how I sound, all of that. But that feeling of being like, whoa. Mm. I am not welcome here was like weird or that I'm like basically sleeping not with the enemy but in the same Mm. house yeah anyway I did have a little cry about it and then muscled down and got on with the rest of the week because I only could only move you know I was rehearsing so I could only move the next weekend which meant that I had a whole week of seeing more of the fucking paraphernalia that this woman had all over her house what else was there I mean, by the end of the week, I was convinced there must be, like, turf Etsy because she had, like, mm. a J.K. Rowling calendar that had a picture of J.K. Rowling that said, oh I will not God. be silenced. She had mugs that said, woman, noun, adult, human, female. Mugs, L. Fuck. You know how much I love a good mug? <laughs> this was... I was already disappointed when I opened the cup and I saw the mugs. And then I saw that mug and I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't... Like... <laughs> Tea is meant yeah. to be comforting, not like politically challenging. Didn't you? I think before you left, you asked me, is it too much to bring my own mug? And I said, yeah, I mean, they'll have mugs. I know, little, I regretted little it. Little did I know. Little did I know. I regretted it. I had to use another terrible mug. 
What shops do these people go to to get these things? Where is, is it this all shit in like from? one massive? She had a lanyard as well that had the same woman, adult, human, female, whatever <sighs> bullshit on it with the suffragette colours. <sighs> yeah. One of the things, so after Mary's terrible experience, I have looked on Etsy to see where people get this shit from. And one of the things you can buy is a feminist sticker, it's called. And it's a sticker of J.K. Rowling wearing a crown and it says Queen under it. And recently... I just think it goes to show how subjective queendom is. <laughs> because Elizabeth ain't my queen. No. Susan Sarandon is. J.K. Rowling is, well, self, self-anointed self enemy of the people. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think that just demonstrates, you know, why there shouldn't be a monarchy in the first place. Possibly a good time to update the mm-hmm. listeners on our on our pronouns. Else. Yeah, been meaning to do this for a while, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so you go. So I'm using she they. Great, and as of being Liverpool, I'm using they she. I don't know why I swapped them around, but I, I'm just liking <laughs> they being first. <laughs> Maybe living with the uh, turf for a week made you even more. <laughs> Even more staunchly, they should. I mean, do you know, the person, in the, the other person in the show with me mm. um, uses those pronouns. That's why it happened. Oh, right. Yeah, sure. They said it and I thought, yeah. Yeah. I am increasingly preferring they, so I'll put it first. Mm. Um, and other than that, I've been having a beautifully queerly and gender euphoric time and It's beautiful. Liverpool. Do you want Shout to tell to us? Place. As a yeah. whole, it is amazing for... There are so many like queer couples walking around. The play's part of Homotopia Festival. Mm-hmm. The band we're working with is queer. It's fucking great. Now, do you want to do a quick plug of the play that you're doing? I was I was definitely angling for one, wasn't I? <laughs> yeah, I'll um I'll briefly because firstly it. we kind of we kind of um scooted over it at the beginning um, when you mentioned you're away for a play but I think we need to just take stock of what a massive win that is firstly secondly the Thanks last us. episode we recorded which we did pre-record that was in July last episode you were waiting for a job interview to work in a coffee shop and now look at you bitch yeah, yeah. my god that's so long ago because I was working at a coffee shop for a while I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I got that job reader and I did it and then I left temporarily and i'm doing a play yeah and it's called yeah here's the plug it's coming up um it's at liverpool everyman theater and it's called a billion times i love you it's a new play it's written by patrick Maguire. it's a queer two-hander um but rather than it being ellen mary it is mel and mary (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah, I'm having a great time. We're working with, so it's part of Homotopia Festival, which is the biggest LGBTQIA arts festival in the UK. I didn't know that before wow. being part of it, but wow. it's based in Liverpool. It's been running for years. Um, and we're also working with um, another thing I didn't know about, this sick Liverpool band, Liverpudlian band called The Crawlers. I'm having a really, I'm having a really good time. So if you are right. this way based, you know, come along, gang. Come and see it. <laughs> There's some dancing in it. There's no verbatim. Um, and unfortunately, Elle won't be on stage. But Mel's great. <laughs> That's what Mary thinks. When I'm coming up to visit, <laughs> you're going to walk on stage and you'll be like, hang on a second. 
That's not Mel. <laughs> um... Right, to circle back to our ending. Right. So we've we've had we've a got to rescue a... ourselves from the, yeah. the trough of turfdom. Yeah. We we need to buoy ourselves up. So I don't know when we'll be posting this, but on Friday, the 23rd of September, which is this coming Friday, it is by Visibility Day. I'm going to ask you a question, Mary. The question is, if by Visibility Day were a day where you could do whatever you wanted, what would your perfect by day look like? My perfect by day. Yeah, how do you celebrate your sexuality? Oh, I mean, I think I'd basically go to like a queer dance festival mm-hmm. and snog loads of different people. I'd also be celebrating polyamory. <laughs> Wait, when's the polyamory day? <laughs> um, but honestly, I'm going to be rehearsing on that day in a queer play and I actually think that's pretty good. I think that's the best thing you could possibly do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what about your day? What would you do? Um... I think I would honour my uh, deep indecisiveness and, like, do everything. And I'm not saying that bisexual people are indecisive. I'm saying that I am bisexual and I am indecisive. So, for example, I would go for a meal and, like, I panic when I can't decide what to eat. Like, I go Mm -hmm. back and forth all the time. And on Bi-Visibility Day, if it was my perfect day, I wouldn't decide. I would just have both. Which brings us round to... How Susan Sarandon came out as bi in the first place, which is on this show. Yes, Jimmy Fallon was talking to her about her pets, and she said like she used to have dogs; they died. It was really sad. And then her son suggested she got cats, and she was like, "Well, sure, because I'm bi, so I you like." Know, most both. people have this unnecessary binary between cats and dogs. I personally don't much like either, but you know, otherwise they we have these you, like, weird Mary, camps. Don't like either. I don't, yeah, I don't much like either. I don't like either. See, in my perfect bi-visibility day, I'd hang out with cats and dogs and, yeah, you know, all at the same time. All at the same time. And I would have sweet and salted and I would have... What other yeah. stupid binaries are there in our life? I'd definitely go for a swim, you know. I'd like to spend some time with fluidity. And maybe getting a tattoo. I wanted get to get a fluidy tattoo for a while. Yeah. That'd be a nice way to celebrate. Well, I'm so I'm really sad. I'm not going to be spending this by visibility day with you, else. Me too, Mary. I'm because you'd be... be part of my perfect plan for well, sure. Well, yeah, that's that's true. Also, I I would love that. Anyway, um, how do we end this episode? <laughs> um, by saying bye bye Queen. Bye bye Queen. Bye bye. Um, do you think we can think... call it that? Yeah, we absolutely must. What was the I think statement? we should also end by saying uh, sorry for the delay. Oh, yeah. And thanks for, like, sticking with us, particularly all our patrons. But, like, the last episode about um, non-monogamy had our biggest listenership yet. More yeah. of you listened than ever before. And that was really exciting to see yeah. that, like, it's being shared and spread around. And so although we've been a bit slow on the uptake we're still here we're still thinking about it um we're just gonna have to learn how to balance this with i guess more busy life yeah and um also to say that alongside this episode we are working on a series 
of shorter releases based on a listener suggested question um we've done some really cool interviews for them uh and we're excited to share those all about attraction attraction all about the spark of attraction so tune in for that um next month or so (laughs) (laughs) Okay. okay Lots of love. I'm going to sign off and I'm going to love you and leave you, Elle, as well. All right. Love you, Elle. Love you, Mary. (laughs) I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Life of Bi was made, edited and hosted by Elle Potter and Mary Higgins. That's us. Sound design and production is by Tom Foskett Barnes. Bye-bye, Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Bye, Queen. I just want to say, and it ain't over till the bisexual speaks. <laughs>